My friend Ben Jerome pinged me earlier this week and said, hey dude, get on this Clubhouse thing and check it out. It's great. It's amazing. It's really led to a lot of good connections. And I was like, all right, man, I, I guess I'll jump on there. So I did, and we talked a little bit about what it's about and, and what that looks like and started brainstorming. I was like, huh, this is pretty fascinating. Why not try it out? So I decided hop on here and meet people and on the spot, on demand, record a podcast that same day and get it produced immediately and have it up and running within 48 hours on Spotify, on Apple, on Google to share with your friends and family. So that's what this is all about. You are the star. Welcome to the Coach Tunic Show, starring Coach Tunic. I'll be your host, but today, Coach, you are the star. So let's kick this off and tell everybody, how did we meet? We met on Clubhouse, which to me is one of the, I'm not kidding you, it's one of the great inventions of my lifetime. It, it gives us uh, the opportunity to bring the world together and find out really how wonderful most people are, no matter what their circumstances or where they're, what country they're from. It is a great way to bring everybody together. I've learned so much. I've only been on it for a couple of weeks, but it's a wonderful uh, new application. Yes, sir. I, I agree. And this is about my third time on, on Clubhouse. And thanks to Ben Jerome, he has inspired me to, to be on here more often. And so I had this idea, you know what? Uh, let's put a podcast out there. Let's record it and let's go find some stars. And we've definitely found a gem amongst the clubhouse with coach here. So I appreciate you being on here. My pleasure. Uh, what an honor. Thank you. Yes, sir. So I'd like to kick it off with, uh, tell us the story about the cigar group with, with good old Lexi Lulu. Well, uh, I've been a cigar smoker since I'm 18. Never smoked cigarettes. Well, that's not true. I probably smoked for three months when I was 16, but I didn't like it. So my grandfather, Harry, was a cigar smoker, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, so I started smoking cigars, and I've been smoking cigars ever since I'm 18 years old. Okay. So there's a really nice cigar shop uh, in uh, where I live, and there's about 15 of us. We're all old guys. We're all guys that have sold our companies, done well in life. And uh, we sit around uh, probably five out of seven days a week, and we talk about everything. Half of us are – I'm kind of a moderate. I'm not a conservative or a liberal. I'm really – issue-oriented person. Okay. Some of the people are right-wing conservatives and some are left of left. And it's hilarious when we get in these conversations, but we all like each other. I mean, it's, it, we don't, we don't take it personally. That's good. We listen to each other. And so I brought my dog, Lexi Lulu, who loves people, but she didn't like dogs, Phil. So I brought her a year ago and I wanted to socialize her because our the scars, the cigar store is near a park okay. and there's a bunch of dogs there every day. So I'd bring her to the park and she'd be barking at these dogs. There's little dog, white dog, 16 year old named bear. And they would see each other and they just bark and go nuts. Yep. So uh, last week when I brought Lexi Lulu and bear, they kissed, they hug because they've been seeing each other now for several months. And now Lexi is doing so much better. Awesome. But, the, the end of the story is 
every single person that would walk by because we sit outside and would see Lexi Lulu, they would stop. And and 95% were ladies. Can I pet your puppy? What's your puppy's name? And, and they would start conversations with me. And right. the guys are watching me have these conversations with strange ladies. Yep. You know, I'm happily married. It was really fun. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, uh, one guy starts to bring his dog. Another guy brings his dog. Like, this, is, bring dog. this is working out. It's a good program. It's hilarious. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's really fun. Awesome. Well, well done inspiring that and uh, starting that movement there. What's the name of the cigar shop? The Zone. The Zone, the hangout where Coach and all the epic dudes hang out and uh, yeah, solve all the problems of the world, right? Yeah, we have the, uh, one of the Laker coaches hangs out with us, Mike Penberthy. He's an cool. active participant, and we have two or three people that were big time in the uh, movie industry uh, hanging with us. Uh, yeah, it's a very eclectic group, as I said. That sounds like a fabulous group. That sounds like something that uh, you know I'd love to be wandering around L.A., come across that group and uh, drop in the middle and, and record a podcast. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. Um, now, we were talking about books and, and also inspirational people. And so uh, one of the inspirational people you mentioned was Napoleon Hill and, and his book. Could you uh, expand on what level of effect that had for you? Oh, my goodness, Phil. That book changed my life because I was a foster kid, left home when I was 14 years old and uh, did not really have direction, although I was a re really good athlete and in high school and college and okay. uh, to my football coach Hal Lambert my baseball coach Ray O'Connor they taught me things about discipline and working hard and focus and all that stuff but they weren't business people okay and because I grew up so poor I went to a new high school called Taft High School all the kids back in the 60s wore sweaters okay sweaters back then were 25 dollars for a sweater and I'm making 50 cents an hour working in a gas station, I couldn't afford a sweater. Yeah. So I'm envious of these kids and, and kind of had a chip on my shoulder that I couldn't, I couldn't dress as nice as they could. Right. Well, when I started making money, I started buying sweaters. Now I have drawers full of sweaters I've never worn just to remind me of where I've been and how far I've come. Just on principle, coach is going to get them sweaters. You put L L Lexi Lulu in a sweater just because you can. Well, we I'm uh, so my son got a scholarship to Oregon, so we have a little Oregon uniform for her that we put on put on her uh, during the winter. That so. is adorable. I I would love to see that at some point. Yeah, well, go on Facebook. Okay. Uh, she uh, there's a picture of her on Facebook with her Oregon gear on. I'm checking that out for sure. All right. Awesome. So yeah, Think and Grow Rich was an impactful thing when you were uh, like, dude, I got to get that sweater. And then obviously it sounds like that snowballed into further success for you in life, right? Well, there were two chapters that I like to talk about. I've been also a business coach for the last 25 years. Okay. The two chapters that I that still resonate with me today is faith, uh, the chapter on faith and believing yourself, believing in a better day. Uh, and the chapter on persistence, and that's the chapter that changed my life because I didn't ever give up or quit on what I wanted to achieve. And many, many times, hundreds of times, I've gone back to that chapter and reread it. And uh, when I was young, I was aggressive in being persistent. And then somewhere about 20 some odd years ago, I learned to 
continue to be persistent, but to be patient. Uh-huh. And uh, patience is something that uh, I also learned from many mentors and, and life coaches along the way. But that book, everybody should read that book. It's a life changer. Awesome. And can you expand on the the persistence and the patience? Because sometimes it seems like, like from what I've seen and learning from a lot of people, right, that persistence of like, go get it, grind it, work 9 million hours and like, you know, crush it even at the expense of your health. But it seems like there's a balance of that, that health, mental perspective and patience, that magic word you said. Can you elaborate on that? I wrote a book called The Thinking Room and uh, I did a show many, many years ago called The Richest Man in Town with Randall Jones, the owner of Wealth Magazine. He was the original owner of Esquire. And we interviewed in that year, every single week, uh, 100 millionaire and then five billionaires. Almost in every story, these 100 millionaires were patient, that they had an expertise uh, in their particular industry or product or service, but they let things happen. You know, when when you push things, uh, it, it annoys people. Yeah. You're too aggressive. It turns people off. Gotcha. Uh, and, you know, many times these hundred millionaires would share with us that they were like Johnny Appleseed. They would plant the seed, fertilize the seed, nurture the seed. Women are better at this than men. Yeah. But, uh, it took me a long time to figure out that nurturing and, and being patient and letting that little seed of opportunity grow uh, and and water it and take care of it and it changed my life in the last 25 years. That is awesome. So when you say nurturing, is there a specific example that comes to your mind of if I would have pushed too hard or been too aggressive in this area, I would not have been as successful as when I nurtured patiently with this bit of information. What stands out to you in your personal experience with that? You you have to learn how to give. You, you have to learn that somebody else in a conversation, somebody else in a business environment, they have a need and a want. And, you know, all of us are have this one thing that goes through our brain. What's in it for me? Right. And, you know, some people are, are more callous about it. Some people are more aggressive about it. And it took me a long time to realize that I had to be more interested in somebody else and and and. And then my own uh, personal goals, I had to be able to uh, listen. It took me a long time to be a great listener, a long time. And when I started to listen to people, when I started to ask them questions, like you asked me today, you, you, you should be on radio. You ask really good questions. Well, thank you. So learning how to ask questions and then, again, uh, you're asking questions you get people talking, and uh, you you let that germinate. You, you let your personality. What I've been blessed with was an infectious personality. I'll I'll, I'll say mm. that the Lord blessed me. I'm a big believer in God. Yeah, and I've been blessed uh, with a, an infectious personality and a low IQ. But that's <laughs> the, the infectious personality, right? That's got me through everything. Not my IQ. It, you know, there's there's so many educated derelicts. Go go to downtown L.A. and you'll see them uh, <laughs> on the streets of L.A. Right. 
So the you would put much more value. Let's let's say hypothetically you were you were hiring somebody uh, or advising someone who was gonna hire somebody. The element that you would say to look for other than IQ or much better than IQ is what? Well, I've hired, you know, uh, like I said, we build a pretty big company, my wife and I. Yeah. We've hired hundreds of people. I never looked at our HR person would bring in 10 resumes. And I told her one time, don't bring me the resumes. Or if you want to bring them, I'm not going to read them. I always wanted to interview the person myself. I wanted to see a, how they spoke. I wanted to see, and I would ask them a lot of questions uh, about their life. I wanted to find out if they had any athletic backgrounds. I wanted to find out if they liked dogs. You know, I was interested in what they were interested in. Did they take vacations? Where did they go? I wanted them uh, to get talking. I wanted them to, uh, to relax. I wanted to find out how they felt about certain things. So after about maybe 15 or 20 minutes, then I would get into more specific questions like how are you going to make us a profit or what's the most productive thing you've ever done or how do you look at capitalism or success i you know being a businessman uh, you know selfishly i wanted them to come in and sure. be productive but i waited i was patient enough to wait till they would open up because i can't think of anything scarier than interviewing for a job it's pretty I mean, scary I, yeah it's scary so let me ask you this, Coach, because as you're talking, I got a, a picture in my mind. Let's say hypothetically you you were running a business right now and you had a, a stack of resumes online that were submitted, but then you had a candidate that sent you a video message and it said, "Hey, Coach, you know I'm Bob Jones. I'm Phil Brothers, and I love dogs. Just want to let you to know a little bit about myself and what you can expect from me. So I love dogs. You know, I, I ran a marathon a couple of years ago. I love kettlebells. Keep me in shape." I go on a walk with my dogs every single day, love traveling, seeing the world. I think it really expands my mind and helps me in, you know, gaining perspective by meeting other people. And you know what? I'm interested in serving you as an employer. I see your business. I've, I've looked at it and here are the things that I can do to match that. I think we're a good fit because you do believe in God. I think that's important as well. You have a, a balanced perspective. I think that's important. I think we might be a good fit. Here's my video. I just wanted to say hi. What level of standout do you believe that would bring in your mind? It's a great question. Um, in, in coaching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of salespeople over the last 35 years, it's a long answer. So first of all, I think dogs, uh, the Lord sent dogs down as disguised as angels. And I think you understand that comment. Sounds right. And uh, dogs soften us. Dogs give us a whole different perspective because we have to take care of them. They can't take care of themselves. And there's a side of people that love dogs. I've never met a dog lover that I really didn't like a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back to your video. So remember, if you don't get the attention of anybody in business, you're not going anywhere. So the first thing you have to do is get their attention. Well, today, when you have a glut, of so much information, so much data, so much thrown at you, getting the attention of somebody is very difficult. Now, I'm like I said, I'm the oldest guy on Clubhouse, so my approach is still old-fashioned. I I typically, if I want to do business with somebody, yeah, and the way I grew my company is I went after very large merchants. I I was too, I don't know, too bored to go after mom and pop merchants. <laughs> you know, okay, I, I, baseball 
player and I was a home run hitter. So I like hitting home runs. Nice. So when you look at approaching somebody, that you have to break it down. There's little tiny tasks. So the first thing is the approach. How do you meet somebody? Well, if you j just meet somebody for the first time and you want to do business with them, then the first thing I would do is make sure, uh, and I call it permission-based marketing, yep. is a good time to chat. Do you mind if I can just take five minutes? And the shorter the first two or three meetings are, the better off you are. Okay. All you want to do is have that initial introduction, ask them if they have a business card, ask them if they have an email. <clears throat> and then the next thing you ask them is, would you mind if in the next two or, two or three weeks, think about our life to Day. We hate commercials. Nobody wants to be sold on anything. Right. So if you approach people in a very patient manner, slowly, they will respond because we don't trust anybody. Right. There's such a lack of trust in institutions in the United States. There's such a lack of respect for institutions. And, and the news media is turned us against everything. Right. Uh, trust is a big issue. And so it takes, do you know, it takes a year plus to trust another human being. Wow. I, I haven't heard that. Yeah. A year. Makes sense. So going slow breaks down that uh, barrier and somebody now gets to make the decision on their own. If they want to buy, do I want to buy a new relationship? Do I like this person? You know, Remember the old adage that goes back 50 years ago, first impressions are everything. Everything. But that first impression that you make should be more than, I don't, I'm going to say, five, six, seven, ten minutes. Uh -huh. and, uh, I built a huge company taking that approach. That's awesome. So so I might be overstepping my first five minutes with you, but we'll, we'll try to keep it not too much longer than that. And hopefully... Uh, Actually, if you could speak to that first impression of me, what advice would you give me to maybe improve that and what it's felt like for you thus far? Well, you have real sincerity in your voice. So the first thing I would congratulate you is that uh, you have a wonderful sincerity in your voice. You know, if I was coaching you to speak on the radio, I would probably slow your uh, voice down and pace and learn how to pause. Okay. Uh, pausing when you have a conversation, especially with a female. This is what my wife taught me about 30 years ago. Uh, she, I came home and I said, God, honey, I'm, I'm kind of struggling here. And uh, because when you, when you're talking to very big merchants, they all have gatekeepers. And a lot of the gatekeepers back in the day were females. Okay. Uh, uh, God forbid you should call an uh, assistant, a secretary today, but all these big, companies, CEOs had secretaries. So if you didn't get through the gatekeeper, you weren't getting to the CEO. Right. And uh, I have a, a, a story about Betty. Uh, so uh, Betty was the assistant to the CEO of a guy that owned 89 uh, storage centers. Okay. And back, you know, 30 years ago, they were uh, uh, well, they still are. They're very popular everywhere. So I wanted this account and they were doing millions of dollars a month. And I came home and I said, uh, she said, how's your day? And I said, ah, no, I called this lady, uh, who's the assistant to the CEO and, uh, her name's Betty. And, and Ellen says to me, well, how did it go? I said, I don't think it went that well. Cause she, she said, no, we're not interested right off the bat. Oh. So she says, you know, you you talk too fast. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Said, you talk too fast. She says, you're too loud. <laughs> and and I said, you need to speak more like a woman. Oh. So I really took it to heart. My wife is one of my mentors. I really took it to heart. Mm -hmm. And I went uh, and studied the uh, voice of, uh, hey, Grace, there's my one of my favorite people on Clubhouse. So I went and um, investigated how a female spoke. Their female's voice boxes are so uniquely different than a male voice box. Okay. And females uh, are more nurturing in their speech, and they speak slower than men. And you know what? Women aren't trying to fix everything in the moment. You know, women will let you breathe. So I learned all these things, and all of a sudden I called Betty back in about three weeks, and I said, Betty, it's coach again. And she said, I told you, no, we're not interested. I said, I know you're not interested. I, I just wanted to call you and, and kind of apologize for my first call. I, I spoke too fast, and I'm sure I didn't give you an opportunity to get to know me. She laughed. And uh, I, I said, I know you said no. I said, do you mind if I call you in about three months? She said, yeah, you can call me anytime in about three months. So uh, make a long story short. So it took about five or six phone calls. And one day she said, you know, coach, you're so persistent. I said to her, do you mind if I come buy you a cup of coffee? I said, do you drink coffee in the morning? She said, yes. I said, okay. Uh, do you mind if I bring you, I've, there's this new coffee place that just opened up. I think you're going to love it. I'm going to bring you a cup of coffee. All I'm going to do is walk in, hand you the cup of coffee, and if, if you don't want to talk to me, I'll walk back out. She said, okay. Deal. So I go into Van Nuys, I go into Van Nuys California, buy her the coffee, walk in, and I notice that she has a picture behind her desk of uh, her standing with somebody with uh, Oregon State a sign behind her. And I said, are you a beaver believer? And she said, you're darn right. I am. I said, Oh boy, we're not going to get along. <laughs> she says, why? She says, cause I'm, I'm a, a university of Oregon guy. And she's, and she laughed and that broke the ice. Yeah. Make another long story short. It took a year for me to get the account, but I finally got it. Boom. So that, that so, patience. Oh, my God. Patience when you're going after very large merchants is critical. The other thing is I knew my business. She knew I knew by knew my business. So yeah. uh, most people make a mistake today. They really, really, really don't know. They don't become. Would you go to a, a brain surgeon that was selling watches on the side? I don't think so. Of course not. That would you be know, terrible. It's amazing that people don't focus on any one thing I, people are doing i talk to people all the time and they'll say oh yeah i got two businesses going and, and, and this uh, really how are you how are you going to really achieve results and, right. and i give them the brain the, the brain surgeon story that uh anyway no keep going no that's great i appreciate you sharing that. that's that's epic um so as uh, as we get ready to close here, Coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and hype you real quick and and do kind of a, a closer if you don't mind. Um, but basically, as the oldest guy on Clubhouse, which I would say is uh, is commendable, the level of flexibility. I'm gonna pause. Practice. Well, I'm going out kicking. I don't care. I'm 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 gonna stay young at heart, and uh, the Lord's blessed me with great health. So 
I'm going out kicking. Yes, sir. I respect that. You know, with the four kids, nine grandkids, Madison runs the show. Your top three fans, Julie, Scott Harris, and Lucas Solomon. Shout out to them. And your book that I heard you mention, uh, you said it was called The Thinking Road. Is that correct? Yep. Thinking Road. And, and if people want to uh, get a hold of you or, or contact you or follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, just uh, you can email me at coach at NTS. My, NTS pays. My company was Nations Transaction Services. So NTS pays, P-A-Y-S dot com. You can uh, email me. I'll respond. Or you can go to Facebook or or Instagram and, and DM me, and uh, I'll definitely respond. And how are you listed on Facebook and Instagram? Coach Ron Tunick. Coach Ron? Uh, I don't uh, Coach Ron. Coach Ron Tunick on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I think uh, I th- I just put my name in. It, it should come up. Okay, Ron Tunick. Okay, awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you, that's uh, that's how you do it, people. And ultimately, as we close here, um, I'll give you the one last question. If you could get any message out into the world as let's say the background of everybody's cell phone, because everyone's staring at that these days, right? And you could put one meaningful message on there, non-commercial, that would be uh, your message to the world. What would that be? Kindness. That's that's the one thing that has been another blessing that the Lord's given me. I've All my life, even when I was a young person, uh, I would be kind that, uh, you know, everybody has a story but until you walk in somebody else's shoes which we never do mm-hmm. you know being kind opens every door and uh while you're being kind it doesn't hurt to smile too awesome well i appreciate that wisdom and kindness is the the magic word of the day so as we close tell your wife tell your kids tell your grandbabies too can i, can I say one more thing absolutely here you, you could ask you could add this question to all your great questions. And that is who's the one person dead or alive that you would want to have dinner with. Awesome. I'm at, I'm writing that down as you speak. And my answer would be my grandfather, Harry, who obviously passed away when I was 24 years old. So I would want to have them to say how sorry I am that I didn't appreciate him when I was growing up and it's, it's, uh, I've carried this burden with me all my life. So I want to, when I see him in heaven, uh, which I will, I'll make sure that, uh, I let him know how much I loved him. Awesome. Well, that's uh, an awesome, uh, meaningful, uh, memorial to him and your humility of reflection and, and realizing that. So I, th- I thank you for sharing that. So, uh, today you are the star and this show is for you. Coach Ron Tunick, thank you so much for starring.